Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Joey Janelle always goes in. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bye. Hey, friendo. Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, tape live at the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. Uh, this coming Sunday, WWE's Elimination Chamber uh, where WWE champion Kenny Omega will be putting his championship on the line in the chamber. In the elimination chamber, yes. <laughs> That's right. We're going to be doing our reactions to that live on the YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Of course, then we're going to be walking on over to the Twitch building for twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson's recap of Elimination Chamber. So come join us for that on Sunday. Uh, kickoff shows at 3, so we'll probably be live. Well, we go live at 3, I guess. Three, 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 three Pacific, like six PM. Yeah, Depends if they add another match to to be on the kickoff show or not. I don't know if they're going to announce it before the kickoff show. They might just add one on the spot. Uh, the Could way things are going with Elimination Chamber, add one, add one, one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, uh, I want to bring this up really quick, man. So uh, come very shortly. I'm working on new assets for the podcast. Oh yes, yeah. kind of a, yeah. a soft, you know, just a little freshening up of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fresh coat of paint. Yeah, I'm gonna this weekend. I'm gonna be rearranging my office. Oh, you do this weekend? Okay. The big the big thing is though, we're gonna be switching sides on mm-hmm. the screen in front of you. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're here on Twitch, if you're watching, and I know change is difficult for some people, Larson. You and I have been Larson on the right, Steve. I'm sorry, Larson on the left, Steve on the right for a very long time now. Whether we're in the office sitting there. Uh, at the table or the in this office the before then. Doing 10 for the win, yes. 10 for it's the win. But here's the thing. One common complaint to that is that people always say, well, Steve should be on the left because when you read, it goes from left to right. It should go Steve to Larson because that's the order of Steve how our names are. and Larson. Yeah, that's the order of how it is. The bigger issue now, since what you pointed out in the pre-show, that we've been doing this uh, remotely now, for uh, almost, almost an year. entire year, almost a whole year, yeah, is we are in gross violation of the 180 degree rule in cinematography school, where I'm looking that way and you're Same also direction. looking that way, yeah. And so, so like we're we're both having a conversation with somebody over here, you know, right? So if you do what you just did. Yeah, swing that way. This is how it should be. Now it looks like we're kind of having a conversation, but that doesn't fit for you because, you know, you're out of your 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 bedroom there 
and uh, and it's you can't put the camera the other way because then you get to see you the rest over of here, your, and then you'll see my bed. And, and we don't and need to violate all your privacy rights and stuff just for our silly show. But uh, I will be able to switch my camera so that I'll be like this. But in order, but for that to work, I got to be on the other side of the screen. And we're just gonna do it. It's gonna be like a band aid being ripped off. You gotta rip it off fast, and it hurts less. Yeah. So, uh, so people, here's the thing. I understand people don't like change. That being said, it's a minor thing. They'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. We'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. It'll be a change for us too, and mm-hmm. how we do things. You know, it's, it's so. gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. I mean, but Ricky we'll Scurvy here in chat suggests we pull it. I am kind of curious. I, I'm not. This will not matter. This is happening. This is happening. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And just because Ricky suggested the poll, I say no. No, but I am kind of curious <laughs> how people in chat feel about this. Um, I might be opening up a, a box of worms, perhaps that I shouldn't be, or a can of worms rather, uh, that I shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, I mean, if we end up out of jobs because we decided to switch sides, so be it. So this be has it. been uh, an itch That's kind I've of the had. universe. That's kind of the universe telling us something at that point. Yeah, pretty much that it was all based off of us not looking at each other. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, Jonathan says do it in transition so no one notices. Everybody they'll notice. Everybody will notice. But that's why I'm whipping up some new assets so that it's going to look like it's going to be like a whole new thing, not just this same frame here and then we're on different sides. So it's going to be a whole switch over. Yeah, Dead Vani says can Larson mirror his feet? I can. I can't tell you how bizarre it is just to see what is the right side of my face suddenly be the left. It freaks me out looking at it. Yeah, neither you nor I are what they call handsome people. And handsome people have symmetrical faces. I don't have one of those. I don't either. So when we mirror our cameras, we just look like grotesque circus mirror versions of ourselves. All right. For those, uh, I don't know if anybody out there is familiar with the the spitting image show. (laughs) Like, I see myself here now, and I look like me. It's the me I'm used to. I just mirror my image, and suddenly I look like... Uh, you know, like a, 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 a caricature puppet yeah. of me. It's weird. Like, it just looks completely weird. If I have any, a shirt with any sort of print or anything on, that's going to be backwards. Yeah. Tried it. We tried it once, and it freaked us both out. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No Can't good. It, it no was good. weird. It was too much. So too be much. prepared for that. Probably starting with Monday's news beef. Uh, we'll be doing that, and uh, and we'll have a fancy new look to the show. Uh, the AEW one is done. I just didn't de- debut it because I'm going to wait till you know, we're ready yeah. to go. So uh, I'm just throwing that out there now that I've wasted five minutes of everybody's time. Let's talk about <laughs> AEW. Well, Hondem says Mirror Show at 2,000 subs. <laughs> there you go. We'll book it. Mirror Show at 2,000 subs. Uh, exactly. So, yes, yeah, get the Dynamite. Fantastic show. Uh, apart from uh, uh, Sting taking a powerbomb for some reason. Don't know why that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was, was like the only part of the show that was like, ah, oh, don't do that. That felt like a bad idea. That seemed like a really bad Everything idea. Everything you just said is totally true about Sting, but also for the 30 seconds of Cody's uh, uh, kid's gender it reveal was so as quick. well. I understand your points. It was, a, it was really self-indulgent. That I was understand. so cringy, dude. I understand, oh, but it was quick. Lord. They spent more time uh, with the overhead camera on Sting selling that powerbomb than they did the entire gender reveal, so... 
Yeah. It was quick. Well, Gender revealed and overstates welcome. It's fine. We'll get to the sting. We'll get to the sting stuff when we're talking about the show because it's a really bad idea and that was not a good story beat. But uh, I, I actually, I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was very good. Um, fantastic. It was very good. And uh, I fantastic. thought that, okay. I uh, What I really marked out for was the very end uh, when... <laughs> When it was revealed that Mox and Kenny Omega are not going to have just your regular old-fashioned match, they're having what was exactly? How did he exactly Bar- phrase exploding, it? Exploding, exploding barbed wire death barbed match. Barbed wire death match. That That's was right. shocking to say the least. Of course, about a year, three months ago, uh, a year ago in November, they had their lights out bout mm-hmm. at full gear, mm-hmm. and that was pretty. That was pretty. That got pretty rough. They brought out that huge chain. Ugh. The yeah. whole barbed wire contraption they there was built that, next Yeah, the they stage. built a weird contraption for that. I uh, mean... Mox, Mox crawling through glass like John McClane. I was... I was set. Look, obviously, maybe Dr. Luther has been showing some of his best of stuff. Uh, maybe he's backstage saying, hey, you guys know about FMW, right? No? Here, let's watch some. Uh, this has FMW written all over. Probably my favorite promotion of all time. Because they were it, just absolutely nuts over there. You know, uh, DDP, he gets uh, uh, spoken about quite a bit because he started wrestling when he was 35. Yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, it, could, it could just be my lack of knowledge. I don't know anybody who started doing death matches in their late 30s like Kenny Omega has apparently started doing. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, based on what I know of his career, prior to that Lights Out match, uh, not to say he wouldn't do, you know, no, no DQ matches, but nothing to the extent that lights out match. So we yeah. really done that kind of stuff prior. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen plenty of like very crazy athletic spots with yes. Kenny Omega stuff that it's like, oh, why would you take that move from like but not the top barbed row? wire stuff, but like deathmatch stuff? Yeah, you're right. I mean, last year was the first time that uh, we had really seen that out of him before. He seemed to really enjoy it, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the prospect of him and Mox doing a, a, an exploding barbed wire death match is, is very exciting for me. I think this it's is ex- going to be tons of fun. It's exciting, but at the same time, uh, I, I heard that and I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be crazy. The problem is it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a situation here like the Lights Out match where it's a thrill ride where you're enjoying it, but also, man, just don't hurt yourself, please. Yeah, but dude, the thing about the thing about the exploding barbed wire stuff is that like I know how they did so, it so, de- so much stuff. of it seemed like smoke and mirrors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the one the the match I think we watched in the pool or the, yeah. the 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 whatever it was. You know that was an exploding thing, and they just had some pyro set up around the ring where someone got slammed. They shoot off the pyro. There's like no real fire or pyrotechnics near anybody for the most part in the ring. It's not like the the uh, uh, the Terry Funk uh, Mick Foley death match where they're slamming each other onto C4 and stuff. Yeah. And, or, or what they said yeah. was C4. I don't know if it was or not. It could have been. But it would mean that people were getting burned. Foley had his arm all burned. That's totally true. That is true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a limit with these guys. And uh, I, I personally get the feeling that lights out was probably as far as they'll go. And this just yeah. sounds a lot worse. And that's why I'm looking forward to it because I think it's just going to have like a really, really supremely high entertainment value. I'm sure they're going to be doing some crazy stuff. Don't get me wrong. I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park. I just think that like, I'm less concerned about this than I was lights out lights out was 
that I mean, some of that stuff I, looked dangerous. I'm of the utmost belief that Tony Khan and company will do everything they can to ensure the safety of everybody involved in this bout. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that being said, whenever you get explosives anywhere in the vicinity of a wrestling ring, uh, you know, the, the, the danger exists and, uh, it, you know, it's going to cause some, old, some anxiety in old Larson. Uh, I don't want to see anybody else get lit on fire during the course of a wrestling match. I've seen that once in my life. I hope that's the only time. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a more difficult time. I guess we can talk about this now. I have a more difficult time when Sting, uh, a man of his age, a man who we've seen uh, have a really scary spot in his match with Seth Rollins mm-hmm. a couple of years ago on a buckle bomb on a buckle bomb take a nasty looking power bomb from Brian Cage in a segment that I'm not even sure. I mean, I understand that you, like you mentioned in the pre-show, this was probably meant, you know, to to give Sting some doubt like, "Hey, have I gotten in over my head? Do I still have it? Um, do I have to rely on the bat in order to, you know, uh, uh be the man, be the mm-hmm. franchise?" Uh and I just I feel like this segment lacked it lacked any amount of like tension, drama, or build, or even shock value to get to this point. This guy, this guy, probably should not be taking a power bomb in this fashion. Well, and like he I mentioned before, the really bad afterwards. It looked bad. You know, it's it's not so much. I mean, he's he's up there in years. It's not so much his age that's troublesome in my mind. It's the fact that it's well known he has a bad neck. Now you got to yeah. assume that he would got all his medical clearance to come back. And that would include making sure his neck checked out. You would assume that's the case. Nonetheless, it's a neck. You don't want to mess with that. You know, you don't want to mess with the neck. Potential neck injury. Um, that's really the thing. Uh, uh, and yeah, like the, I kind of felt like if this this incident had happened like a month ago, maybe not a power bomb. Maybe they just like beat him up real bad. Not a power bomb. Um, and you know where he thinks he could be still be the sting of old. He could toss the bat aside and still lay out, you know, like in this case, three people. Uh, you know, you think back to the NWO days, even without the bat, he could lay out like everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he comes to realize he can't. Now it's time for the reinvention of Sting. He has to come about uh, to find a new way to fight. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he drops the bat after Taz talks some crap, uh, starts doling out some punches, eats that power bomb, and commentary goes on and on and on. Sting, you shouldn't have dropped the bat. You shouldn't have dropped the bat. You shouldn't have dropped the bat. And it took like no, like I also it was just the execution of that segment. Be, they're just you know as soon as Taz says, "Oh, what you big man, you got that bat with you." Sting just drops the bat. And then on top of that, like the camera direction was terrible because like you, like it was on the it was like on the arm, not near the camera, opposite camera. Yeah, dude, I don't know. It just the the, the segment just fell flat. All just for the power bomb spot, and it just it was it was a little uncomfortable. Like that was it. It was just sort of uncomfortable. Well, I think part of it too was the camera angle they used uh, to really sell Sting selling that power bomb. <laughs> I hope he's just selling it because they very rarely use that overhead camera yeah. um, that shoots down on the ring. Mm-hmm. And in terms of telling the story, what's I assume they were telling, it was great use of that camera because mm-hmm. we don't see it often. He's he's on the mat. Selling, I hope, uh, the effects of the power bomb, but there's, I mean, I hope I'm seeing what I thought I saw, which was him coming to the realizations like, oh, 
I can't do it that way anymore. Maybe that was just my hopes. I was projecting upon that moment, thinking, I don't want to think about him maybe jacking up his neck. I want to think about them telling a story. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but it, it was pain. But I also kind of felt like he was selling, okay, things are different now. I have to adjust how I operate now. Well, that should be the story beat. I mean, it's probably the beat he was supposed to hit anyways. It just looked like there was a little bit more in his face, like, oh, I done fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. Um, anyways, yeah, really fun uh, dynamite. Let's hop into yeah. this. Uh, start off with Matt Hardy and Hangman Page taking on the team of TH2. Uh, and uh, this is a fun match. Uh, Hangman and uh, Matt Hardy make a pretty darn good team. Hangman, but of course, the whole time we're just thinking, okay, what was that contract that Hangman had Matt Hardy sign? Uh, mm-hmm. So Hangman uh, hits both uh, the finish. Saw Hangman hitting both TH2 with lariats. And then uh, Matt Hardy, who's legal, hits uh, Twist of Fate for the win. Oh, not just any hilarious. Double is a double buckshot. Oh, I didn't see if he actually did the whole full yeah, buckshot double, thing. Uh, double, okay. double-barreled buckshot. That's what I figured it was. Anyways, after the match, Hardy gets on the mic, and he sort of pumps up Hangman. He says, give it up, Hangman. You're so great, Hangman. He says, I'm so excited because you're going to make a lot of money, Hangman Page. And I'm happy because I'm going to make a lot of money, too. 30%. And Hangman says, Matt, I don't know if you were paying attention. Uh, So I don't know uh, how well you read that contract, but a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, he's referring to to Brody Lee, uh, said you should always keep an extra set of paper, a spare set of papers in your pocket uh, in case the occasion arises. And so uh, Matt says, what what are you talking about? I I didn't read it. I just sent it straight to the lawyer. So Jackson Duvall, the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot, brings out the contract that Matt Hardy signed. Hands over to Matt and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second. This here says it's for a match at Revolution, Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page. And if I lose, being, you know, it's Hardy, says Hangman gets 100% of my quarter one 2021 earnings. And uh, Matt's like, oh, you swerved me, blah, blah, blah. So called Matt McCarney. Yeah, he called him McCarney. Matt says, fine, you know what? You're a man of honor. If I have to put that on the line, if I win, I get all of your quarter one earnings. Hangman didn't have to say yes, but he did. He says, okay, Matt, we have ourselves a money match. Mm -hmm. And then Matt seemingly having watched uh, dynamite or maybe somebody clued him in and said, Hey dude, did you notice that hangman switched these papers? He was prepared because Jackson Duvall was uh, Isaiah Cassidy Mm -hmm. from private party. So he attacks Mm -hmm. hangman. uh, And then Matt very quickly says, Hey, hybrid too. I'll pay you $3,700. If you beat up (laughs) hangman page. And uh, that's pretty great. That's so pretty great. They're all beaten up on Hangman Page, and then uh, Negative One sends the Dark Order out to make the save. It was a really cute moment right there. It was great. They it make great. the save. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is kind of cool, man. You know, it's it's a it's a good little rivalry here, a money match. Uh, I love that, that we got a bunch of gimmick matches going on at mm-hmm. uh, at Revolution. So I'm all, yeah. I'm, I'm all about this. I like this bit. Yeah, Revolution seems like it's going to be a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, Santana and Ortiz have an interview. Ortiz says it's taken them 18 months to get a title shot. Kind of surprised this is their first title shot. That is very surprising. And he says because of fear, uh, the company fears them, and everyone who's ever held those titles fears them. Uh, MJF butts in, says Sammy crossed the line with no evidence because uh, he thought he was recording them. And he's saying, Sammy, you've yet to apologize. Jericho steps in, says, shut up. Uh, everyone knows what you're trying to do, and it worked. Sammy quit. A lot of it is your fault, but majority of it is Sammy's fault. He wanted, Jericho wanted Sammy and MJF to go at to make them each better. MJF, MJF stepped up. Sammy didn't. 
Instead, he walked out in the inner circle. When you walk out on the inner circle, you walk out on Jericho. Jericho says, Sammy is dead to me. And then Uh, uh, Jericho says, uh, Santana Ortiz, go win those tag titles, bring some gold back to the inner circle. uh, I'd have to double check really quick, but this might have been, I mean, that main event was a lot of fun, but in terms, oh boy, LAX versus Young Bucks. I don't know, whatever. I don't know what match of the night was, but Serena D versus Riho was really good. It was was really, really good. Um, so Serena Deeb had walked into the match with kind of a bum knee. And a so knee that brace. she had a knee brace on, she yeah. had a knee brace on. And then commentary was going on about, you know, a rumor that she's nursing a bad knee. Uh, and so, uh, it's sort of revolved around that Serena gets the early advantage with a very methodical pace, but Riho's able to take over with a faster pace. Uh, uh Deeb kind of indicates that she's sort of tweaked her already injured knee. She goes for a brain buster, but her knee gives out. Uh, Riho misses a top rope move. Serena works then on Riho's leg to kind of even the playing field. Mm-hmm. Gets her in the corner ropes. It's a nasty looking dragon screw. Uh, then like a crossroads for two. Uh, Rio hits a six one nine on Deeb. Uh, does a really great diving foot stomp to Deeb's back. Rio hits a diving fun splash for two. Deeb hits a great power bomb. Goes for a stretch muffler, but Rio counters with a roll up. Deep tries for a DDT. Rio counters with a Northern Light suplex. So many great counter move, counter move, so move, counter move. So good. Uh, then hits a nasty double stomp, which I thought was going to be the end of the match, but it only got two. Uh, Rio goes for a running knee strike. Serena dodges that. And then we get this great series of pinning combos, and Rio gets the better of that, gets the pin on Serena Deep for three. Terrific so match. Just a terrific it was fantastic. match. I mean, in terms fantastic. of like the best pure wrestling match, I mean, yeah, LAX versus Young Bucks had great spots and everything. But this was just a really terrific wrestling match. Yeah, it was really – yeah, in terms of telling a good story, for sure. Uh, prior to that match, they they did a brief little uh, recap of the women's tournament, uh, specifically the, the first round of the, the Japanese side of the bracket, uh, showed highlights from uh, the uh, individual matches. And they said on Monday on YouTube, it's going to be Ty Conti versus Nyla Rose, mm-hmm. Britt versus Anna Jay, and then the semifinals mm-hmm. uh, from the Japanese side of the bracket will all be up on YouTube on Monday. Um, we, in case somebody missed it out there, on Tuesday news brief, we mm-hmm. uh, recapped the yes. the first the, the Japanese first round. Um, yeah. So if you want our thoughts on that, uh, they're there. But I'm I'm really looking forward to these semifinal matches, man. I think Same. they're going to be pretty. T- it's Emi Sakura versus. Yuka Sakazaki and mm-hmm. then uh, Ryo Mizunami versus Aja Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, those should be just stellar, stellar matches. Looking forward yep. to that. Uh, and after the the, uh, the Serena Riho match, we got a pretty quick Jade Cargill uh, Shaq training montage. Uh, Jade Cargill has obviously played some basketball. Uh, her jumper looked great. Yeah, uh, she was hitting jumpers wet from all over the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Shaq even made a free throw. You know, man, I'll never forget. He said, if I would have just... Because what was he like? Do you think he was 50% for his career at the free throw line? If he was, it wasn't much higher than that. Right. He said in practice he'd do granny shots, and he was like 80%. But he didn't want to look a fool out there on the court. So he was willing to just, okay, well, whatever. Just not going to do it. Uh, Hold on, let me me take care of my dog real quick. That's fine. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This was a really, really quick matchup next. Orange Cassidy versus Dr. Luther. Orange Cassidy got the win. I swear to God, I, I got up from, uh, uh, I, I took my laptop with me to the to the kitchen because I'll make some meatloaf leftover sandwiches. By the time uh, I had just put the bowl into the microwave, this match was finished. Uh, so Dr. Luther, very quick match here, winner the, the win for uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, yes, after that, that, we, oh, that, that awful waffle that uh, Chuck dropped on Serpentica was great. Yeah, it was great. I was just saying how quick this match was. That was so fast. Oh, it was super quick. Yeah. 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 Really short. It was short. Uh, then we had Darby Allen recap package of everything he's been going through the last couple of weeks. And then the, the aforementioned Team Taz promo, they Team come Taz. out. Uh, they're like, hey, we keep on hearing that Sting is supposed to be coming out here and calling us out. Uh, he says, you can tell we're down a couple members because of all uh, Sting's snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently Sting snow travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, anyways, we're here. It was uh, Taz, Cage, and Hook. 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 Um, and says, well, co- you know, what better time than now to call out Team Taz. Sting comes down. Uh, Taz tells Sting, hey, uh, step into the ro- in this ring now is the worst thing you've done. And without your baseball bat, you'd be done. For years, you used that bat. And so Sting just tosses it aside. But again, you can't really see it because he tosses it the side opposite camera. So they have to cut to the shot of the, the bat on the ground. Takes his coat off. Throws it at Cage. Goes after him. Hook tries to choke him out with the bat. Sting fights that off, and then Cage, yeah, just hits a nasty powerbomb on him. Yeah, nasty. Yeah, it was ugly. Oof, boy, it was ugly. It was nasty. They'll just sort of saunter out in the in the. You know. They really milked that moment, though. They did. They and did. They replayed it a couple times. Yeah, they after did. after commercial. They did. I'm assuming that means Sting was fine. Um, yeah, I'm assuming he was fine. I'm assuming they, like I said, I, they wouldn't have let him do it unless he had medical clearance. I would guess. Dude, this is AEW. Until I, until I'm proven otherwise, that Matt Hardy match will always stick with me. The fact that they let him continue, even though clearly, I am not a medical professional. That dude should not have continued that match. No, he probably he shouldn't have. He should have. And that's not that's not like an isolated incident either. Um. Anyways, after that, we had uh, Eddie Kingston promo. He said, uh, I asked for this match tonight, the main event, to confront my three demons, and he sort of runs down the history of Archer, Phoenix, and Mox with Eddie Kingston. 
Really good stuff. It's Eddie Kingston. He's a great promo. Yep. Uh, after that, WWE champion Kenny Omega is at like a kindergarten class. And uh, <laughs> I love, I do appreciate the running joke of Marvez always being there to try to get an interview from Callis and uh, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that it was, he was like, come on, Callis. I was like, come on, what are you doing here? Even here? He sort of shoves Marvez back. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyways, Kenny is there for some good PR. He's got like a PR lady with him and Callis is with him. And he, he's going to read some of the Young Bucks books to the kids. And uh, one of the kids asks, is there pictures in the book? And he's like, no, there's one on the cover here. This is pretty much it. And uh, one kid looks at the cover and says, are they in love? <laughs> and he says, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? And he's like, no, they're brothers. They're family. So they're very much in love with each other. Uh, and he says, I'll go to my favorite part of the book, which is when they write about uh, Jericho and Kenny having a match at the Tokyo Dome and business drastically going up. Do you know what drastically means, kids? It means that I made the business get better. Me. That's me. I'm Kenny. So uh, then the time's up. Can't read anymore. He has to go. He he read a sentence. (laughs) Yeah, he read a sentence. And then the kids start chanting Kenny because they love him for some reason. And uh, so they're about to leave. And the PR lady starts chatting up Kenny a little bit about how well they're doing in the Q ratings or whatever. And uh, one of the kids asks Callis, hey, can Kenny play with us? And he's like, no, you can't. Uh, he can't do that right now. He's got too much to do, but you can play with uh, Michael Nakazawa. And so he's like, oh, I'll play with you guys. <laughs> the kids are like, boo, we hate Michael Nakazawa. And they start beating him up. And then Cal's like, we got to go. We can't be a part of this. We can't be seen with this. Yeah. It was pretty, it's it's like kind of surreal, kind of funny. I liked it. Yeah. This is this really good. And they, you know, the, these segments never overstay their welcome. They keep short mm. to the point. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Uh, next. Tag title match, Santana Ortiz taking on the Young Bucks. Uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers watching backstage with Don Callis. Uh, fantastic bout. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, uh, Santana Ortiz are in control. Hit this great-looking tandem backbreaker on uh, Nick Jackson uh, while the rest back is turned MJF because the entire inner circle's ringside is about to clock uh, Nick. Uh, Rick Knox turns around, sees him, tosses the entirety of the inner circle from ringside. Yeah. Uh, and then during that picture-in-picture commercial break, Nick gets worked over. Uh, eventually, he rolls out of the ring while Ortiz is trying for an elbow. He dumps Santana on the apron, hits Ortiz with a super kick, gets the hot tag to Matt. Matt goes on a run. Uh, Young Bucks maintain the advantage for a while until Santana escapes more bang for your buck. Hits Nick with this great-looking uh, top-rope Falcon Arrow. Mm-hmm. Gets him a two-count. Uh, and then later on, the Young Bucks hit a doomsday device. They're in control for a bit, set for a BTE trigger. On Santana, he evades, so the Young Bucks uh, hit knees, Ooh. which if you did that, that probably really hurt. Really hurt. Uh, Santana hits with a double cutter. Uh, XLX hit a street sweeper. Matt just barely, barely breaks up the pin. I yeah, thought that he, was it. Yes, I, I did too. He had to like basically tackle the ref because that was like mm-hmm. the person closest to him. He like mm-hmm. grabbed his arm. Yeah, that was that was really, really good. That close. was really good. So Ortiz, he tosses Matt into the barricade, and the Santana joins him out there. They powerbomb Matt into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so Ortiz gets on the apron. He thinks that's it. He's saying, the best, the best, yeah. the best. He gets back in the ring. Nick rolls him up for the win. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the the Rick Knox's hand hits Matt for three inner circles back out and beat up the Young Bucks. What I loved about this, Ortiz didn't join in the beatdown. Yeah. 
He was distraught. He was destroyed. He he just sat there like this, and Santana had to run to him and like cradle his head, console him, and console him. Yeah, we, don't, we like we don't see that usually when someone eats the loss like that, they take I don't know five seconds and they just join in the beatdown. Yeah, right. Ortiz just sat there. Yeah. It was a br- it, was it was a brilliant bit of character work. You're right. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's one thing that AE does actually does really really well is genuine character moments. They mm-hmm. don't. They try to stay away from, and you know they don't always. Uh, they try to stay away from like your normal mindless wrestling conventions that we're kind mm-hmm. of used to. Uh, mm-hmm. They really everybody, and I think that's why LAX can be in the company for as long as they've been without a title shot. And probably be very satisfied with what they're doing because they are given the freedom to be real characters. You know, Mm -hmm. every little Mm -hmm. bit of the inner circle drama, they have each Santana and Ortiz each. And this goes to Hager. Everybody has they've all had their own separate, unique motivations and reactions to story beats taking place. And it, that kind of atmosphere, you'd have to think where everybody seems like they are participating, even if it's a small thing that matters more than mm-hmm. just, oh, who am I fighting tonight? And, you know, where's my title shot? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's more interesting storytelling too, the subtle stuff, you know, I it mean, is. Yeah. We, we each and every week of this inner circle drama that's been unfolding, we keep looking for little hints and clues of, of, of who's uh, you know aligning with who and who yeah. has who's back you know and, and seeing if we can pick up things here and there because we know because we've seen it that that's the kind of storytelling they employ yeah correct yeah. and it's great it's way more interesting than than waiting for someone to come out and drop the long-winded promo explaining the entirety of their motivations <laughs> even though it's not consistent with anything they've done like a bond movie you know where the bad guy yeah, just no. explains his motivations none of it makes sense Rather than just getting to what he wants to do. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers are watching backstage, as mentioned before. And Kenny's like, we should go out there and help. We should go out there and help, Don. Let's go out there and help. And Don's like, no, 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 you shouldn't do it. And he whispers something. The Good Brothers, Good Brothers leave. In the meantime, Brandon Cutler's come out. Uh, Hager destroys him, slamming him on the yeah. stage. Yeah. Uh, and then Jericho and MJF put the respective submission moves on the, the, the Jackson Brothers. Mm-hmm. They're tapping. Good Brothers finally make it down the ring clear the ring and then Jericho gets in Papa Buck's face. He was sitting ringside and then Papa Buck shoves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after that, we get the, uh, we already mentioned this. We don't have to go through it. It was very quick. It was the Rhodes's mm-hmm. gender reveal party. It was just Brandy on the Videotron saying, Hey, uh, uh, nobody knows. Nobody besides me knows the, the gender of our kids. So we're going to do a gender reveal party. And then uh, they come out to the stage and then it just says on the thing, it's a girl. And there was uh, confetti and stuff that flew. It was short. Yeah, it was probably it was probably quicker than you explaining it. No. Uh, <laughs> after that, we had FTR <laughs> versus. It, it just felt longer. Huh? <laughs> that could be. Yeah, uh, we had FTR versus the Sidals, Mike and Matt. Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> That's right. The other guy I never even I didn't even know existed until tonight. I, yeah, I didn't know he wrestled. So the, right, the, he does some cool stuff though. Does yeah. some neat stuff. Yeah. Uh, during this match, uh, Cody announced on commentary that at, at Revolution we're gonna get a ladder match, the face of the Revolution ladder match. The winner gets a TNT title shot. Three uh, participants announced: Penta, Scorpio Sky, and the eventual winner, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe we not. Think, maybe we, not. We think of someone who's the face of the revolution. Of course, the first person that pops your head is the guy who Cody. just had the gender reveal party. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> um, okay. So wait, I, I sort of missed this. Did, so they, they mentioned the three wrestlers. Did they say what they get for being face of revolution? They get a chance the TNT title. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm assuming there's more. I think there's probably three more competitors because most ladder matches six is usually a typical number for a ladder match. Six sounds right. More. Yeah. So you got Cody, you got Scorpio Sky, you get uh, Pentagon. Um, it would be awesome if, like, here's the thing about AEW. They have so many fun wrestlers. Lance Archer, Phoenix, in the main event, reminded, reminding us they are incredibly fun wrestlers. Yeah, they are. The, just how they perform, incredibly fun. Yeah, you got them. You got Pack. You could put Eddie Kingston in the mix. Yeah, um, there's like no shortage of people um, to to put in this match, and it'd be incredible. incredible. It's gonna, here's what it's here's what it should be because the ladder match, five really athletic people, which two of them are, and then Cody. <laughs> I mean, I just get the feeling, too. Yeah, that's good. Right. That's going to be the, it's a ladder match. Who do we have so and far? The, and the story is going to be all the super athletic guys are going to take each other out yes! doing all sorts of crazy high flying stuff. And Cody's just going to climb together. He's going to be bleeding. He's going to be bloody all over the place, acting like he just did a lot of stuff. Because safe and sound, feet on the ground, huh? You got that right. Uh, Scorpio <laughs> Sky, so much fun, very athletic. Uh, uh, Pentagon does crazy shit. Like, he is deceptively athletic. Uh, and then you're going to get, yeah, like maybe Pac and well, no, Pac is aligned with a guy with, with Pentagon. So maybe from a different yeah. faction, I don't know who's the most athletic guy in the dark order at this point. Oh, John Silver would be great. John Silver, like Grayson. Grayson does cool stuff. Yeah. Grayson does cool stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know who else, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be like a bunch like the Supreme athletes and then Cody. And then Cody wins. <laughs> and then Cody wins, exactly. <laughs> uh, this match was fun. Speaking yeah. of uh, a couple of guys who do a bunch of high-flying stuff, Seidel brothers, mm-hmm. um, they were doing all sorts of high-flying stuff. Uh, FTR are working nice and snug. Uh, they were selling for the brothers Seidel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, though, uh, 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 was it Matt? Yeah, I think yes. Matt eats the, 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 the big rig, Shatter Machine, move formerly known as Shatter Machine to get the win. Afterwards, Doc Sampson comes in to check on uh, uh, Matt, I believe, and uh, FTR goes and gets his uh, medical bag, pull out some scissors. They're about to cut Matt's hair. Ooh. Lights go down on the Tron. It's Luchasaurus's mask, the ones they cut the horns off of. The lights come back up. Jurassic Express is in the ring. Luchasaurus has a brand new mask, and then they beat up FTR. He should just do face paint. Just like to be new, be, do something different than the mask. Dude's like some cool face paint. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. It's, no. his, it's his career. He does what he wants. Uh, exactly. After that, we had a Mox promo uh, where he finally clarified February 26th. It's going to be a New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Strong, which they're calling New Beginning in the USA. Uh, mm-hmm. because I know people were putting up a stink because last time when he mentioned February 26th, he didn't actually say where that was going to happen with him versus Kenta. But yeah, he basically says, I'm going to beat you up, Eddie. Uh, and then after tonight, I'm focused on uh, New Japan Strong, February 26th, where I'm going to break Kenta's neck. Uh, and then, uh, 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 Kenny, I'm coming after you. Uh, before Box's promo, so we got some matches announced for next week, and there's mm-hmm. some interesting stuff here. Uh, Hangman versus Isaiah Cassidy. We get the semifinal bout on the American side of the bracket of the women's tournament. Uh, you got Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus Varsity Blondes. 
uh, Hager versus Brandon Cutler. And on March 3rd, of course, we know we're getting Cody and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jade. But they also announced FTR and Tully. Yeah. Tully's wrestling. Yeah. Versus Jurassic Express. So that'll be interesting. Did anybody mention on, uh, I know sometimes Sean Ross Sapp will have some interesting facts about when's the last time Tully had a match? Oh, yeah. Do we know that? Yeah. Let's find out. I'm, I'm going to look that up. Why don't you Very go well, into. Let's start talking about the main event. Main the main event, event was tons of fun. You got, you got Archer, you got Phoenix, two of the most fun wrestlers in the entire company on the same team doing crazy stuff. Fantastic. So uh, it's Kingston, Kingston family, Eddie Kingston, Butcher and Blade taking on Archer, Phoenix, and Mox. Uh, match starts with a massive brawl all around ringside. Uh, Kingston family come out with the upper hand. Uh, that is until Mox hits a neck breaker. Archer gets the tag in. He goes on a run for a bit. He's looking for old school. Uh, Butcher tries to break it up, but then Phoenix gets in the top rope and hits like a jumping knee off the, to- off the top. Kind of like sneaks in behind Archer to do it. So he took uh, a loss to uh, him and David Flair ate the pin. I, I don't know who ate I'm assuming David Flair ate the pin. They had a match against Dory Funk Jr. and Mike Graham at World Wrestling Legends, the reunion uh march 5th 2006 oh so it's been 15 years been 15 years 15 years mm-hmm. uh so then archer does hit old school not the moonsault um and eventually mox sends blade over the top rope with the clothesline archer hits a fun splash on butcher and eddie phoenix gets the hot tag does all sorts of crazy ridiculous stuff uh hits butcher with the frog splash that gets him a two uh, Eddie goes after Mox on the floor, then he gets back in ring and then intercepts Phoenix while he's running, uh, hits an exploder on him. Uh, Archer then drops Eddie with a boot. Butcher takes out Archer with a fun splash. Mox suplexes Butcher, and then Blade, I think, kicks uh, Mox, and he's about to charge him. Phoenix kicks him in the head, and you got everyone laid out. Eventually, Mox and Eddie make it back to their corners. They get the tags in. They square off. Mox hits a back fist. Sorry, Mox ducks a back fist from Eddie, Phoenix hits a head kick on Eddie. Archer pounces Eddie. Mox locks in the bulldog choke on Eddie. Butcher and the blade break that up. They get sent out of the ring. And Phoenix is about to do something crazy off the apron. And Archer's like, hold on. I got wait, an idea. Just wait. Just trust chokes, me. Yeah, choke slams Phoenix onto them. He does like a tornado yeah. during the choke slam. Yeah, yeah. And then Archer follows with a running senton off the apron to take out Butcher and the blade. Yeah, dude. Archer is endlessly fun to watch. He is like face Archer. I never would have thought that that Amazing. like this dude. He looks like he's made to be a heel. He's so much fun as a face. He's so much fun. He's so incredibly fun. fun. So uh, Mox and Eddie are squaring off. Eddie hits Mox with a back fist. Mox no sells it. Drops completely. With the clothesline. Completely. Completely. And yeah. commentary is like is essentially like, oh, well, he's just fed up with Eddie's BS. He's going to eat that back fist, drop a paradigm shift to get the win, because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, Mox grabs the mic. He goes up on the turnbuckle about to talk. Good brothers come out, attack him. Uh, Kenny's out next. Uh, he grabs the mic, or with a mic, tells him, shut off my music. Turn off the goddamn music. And so saying to Mox, you don't look so tough now. Can you describe now. what Kenny's wearing, by the way? So... Uh, he's got, he's got like a pirate shirt. It's not like a puffy it's almost, shirt, but it's like a, but it's close. Yeah. It's got like a drawstring type thing up yes. here by the collar. Yeah. And Very he's got some really flowing. tight jeans on. Yeah. And then like those crazy boots on the same <laughs> crazy boots. He was wearing a couple weeks back, but if they're not the same, they're damn similar. They're so sharp at the end. 
Yeah, they got the that's like the pointiest toe I've ever seen on a <laughs> yeah, pair of shoes. It's hilarious. So a tunic. So, thank you, Lionheart. A yes, tunic. Yes, I'll, thank you. A by tunic. the way, also some so uh, Garaz Kerak here in our Twitch chat says on January 29th. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Blanchard's last match to date as a wrestler was on August 10th, 2007, where he lost to Dustin Rhodes at an NWA Legends Fan Fest in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that must be more up to date than. So I just looked at Pro Fight DB, gotcha, which gotcha. had the 2006. So yeah, it's 15, gotcha. 14, 15 years. Yeah, roughly 15 years ago. Uh, so he comes out, Kenny does, says, Mox, you don't look so tough. You look kind of pathetic. And he takes out a roll of paper, says, You know what this is? This is my Valentine's Day gift from Tony Khan. You slipped a rematch clause into our contract from our last match. But here, I'll give it to you. But I'm picking the stipulation. You keep talking about breaking people's necks, putting people on the ground. What am I going to have to do? What am I going to have to do, do to get rid of you, Mox? This is what I'm going to do. We're going to do an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> and meanwhile, like the good brothers are holding Mox back, then Mox charges towards Kenny, headbutts him. Yeah. And Kenny destroys him yeah. with two V triggers. Yeah. Destroys him. Yeah. And then Kenny gets up. He's got a little blood coming from uh, his forehead, uh, and he says, uh, uh, "Now uh, he's never. Oh, he's never going to get the title." And then he says, "Now play my music," and that's how the show ended. I, I think that like they've really done a fantastic job of bringing Kenny to where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, as a fully formed top bad guy champion, like you know, top top of the company type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought this was this was great. Kenny looked like an absolute star. Oh yeah, this, this match. I I think I laughed out loud when he said "exploding barbed wire death match" because like, oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna be just stellar stuff, man. That's gonna be off the charts, man. Off the charts. Want to answer a few questions? Yes, let's do that. I have a thread right here on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. In fact, we have a couple new patrons over there. Uh, we have uh, DJ Booty Dan is back as a patron. Uh, Max Glazer uh, is a new patron. And uh, let's see here. Franzel, uh, Neek, Berm, uh, and then Ashraf. So thank you very much for your support. Thank we you. appreciate thank it. Thank you all. And uh, today thank on Friendo much. Club TV, which is uh, you can get access to on the Patreon at $5 a month and up. YouTube memberships or by throwing us a Twitch sub or being gifted a Twitch sub here yep. on our Twitch channel. Uh, today we did some Ask Stephen Larson. We talked about the upcoming Snyder Cut of the Justice League. It's mm-hmm. Ask Stephen mm-hmm. Larson, so we don't talk about wrestling on that show. No wrestling. No wrestling on that show. Yesterday we power ranked five things that have to happen at Elimination Chamber. We'll yeah. find out if they, if they take our advice, though. Probably not. Uh, Hip Hop Hippo here uh, says, for my money, Serena Deeb is low-key one of the best wrestlers in the entire company. You can count on her putting putting on a good match whenever that she's on TV. That is absolutely true, 100%. Uh, Raz It Up asks, was that the best women's match in Dynamite history? I'd definitely go, up there. I'd have to go back and see, but it was definitely up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, sort of address that one. Uh, Christopher Rabersod has a great question. Did those kids know who Kenny Omega is? Yeah, they were chanting Kenny. Yeah. I saw some Seemed of them like at, at All In, if I remember correctly. Uh, organ Grinder, Shaq's career free throw percentage, 52.7%. Hey, there you go. Just a scotch over 50. Uh, let's see here. James Fletcher asks you can only watch one aew guy and one aew gal 
Who are they? Right now, it is Phoenix and Serena Deeb. Um, for me, it's Hangman Page. Mm, over Kenny, really? I think Page in ring, out of ring, like across the board. Like he's one of the most fun wrestlers for me to watch right now. Mm. It's a it's a um, tough it's a tough choice between Phoenix and Kenny for me because Kenny outside the ring is just on fire right now. Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoy the subtlety of of Hangman Page's uh, performances mm-hmm. in terms of character stuff. It's so good. Um, and then if we consider Thunder Rosa a member of the the women's division, then Thunder. Rosa. Yeah, she totally is. She, they 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 show her record. She has matches. Yeah. She yeah. totally is. Uh, Hugh Long heavy. It was a nice touch that Eddie Kingston had a Bills jersey on the promo since Butcher and the Blade are from Buffalo. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Zach Drawl, what's going to be the best thing about AEW after COVID is done besides the fans? Uh, that pop that, uh, well, I guess it's still fan uh, uh, focused. Uh, that pop Pingman Page is going to get when he beats Kenny for that belt. It's just the fans. It's the fans. Yeah. It's me being oh, we'll, able we'll to finally, go. We'll, we'll finally get blood and guts. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, totally going to happen. When they when they tour and we get to see different crowds reacting in different ways. I know, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's just the fans, but it's the only thing that's missing right now. Pretty much. Uh, Jorge D, or AEW, putting way too much confidence in Jade Cargill. She has a great look, but I don't believe she's ever had a professional wrestling match in her promos or meh. I thought she had some matches. I thought so. I uh, don't recall, but I, I assume that they've seen what she can do in in a ring, uh, and have high hopes for her. So yeah, I mean it's not it's not up to us; it's up to them, and they're in the know. So yeah. Oh, maybe not. Maybe she actually hasn't had a match. She's been training since April of 2019. I mean, didn't, this is just according to... Didn't the Giant the, uh, beat Hulk Hogan in his very first match? There you go. And look at him. Uh, Gregory Faella, what AEW wrestler would you not want to read a story to your kids at school? Kingston. <laughs> I yeah. would want him to read me a story. Hell yeah. But like, and I'm mean, for my teenagers, yes. But for Bama, who's in kindergarten, No. Uh, I do not think I don't know, screw it. He, I trust him. Sure, Kingston. Out of character, Kingston. In character, oh, yeah. not so much. Yeah, out of character, I think he'd be great. But again, these uh, are all these are all like well-rounded characters. Maybe Eddie Kingston, even in character, understands when you're around little kids. You got oh, MJF. MJF in character. <laughs> oh, MJF. MJF in character would be a yeah, big no. Hard pass. Super hard pass. Uh, White Brownie does AEW hit one million with the Shack match. I think Kingston also ran over a kid in Impact. So, um, it's Impact is not it's not canon. Do they hit one million? I don't know. I don't know. They'll they'll probably get close again, like nine hundred eighty thousand or something like that. It doesn't matter. Uh, Adrian C. Uh, uh, Riho and Serena Deeb just showed what top class women's wrestling is all about. Does this match convince the dynamite brass to let their women showcase what they could do on a more frequent basis? I don't think it's a matter of them needing convincing. 
I think it's a matter of them believing that the other stories that they have in place take precedence over the women's division. That's what I think. And you can agree with that philosophy or no, that's the tack they take. I think they understand they have terrific wrestlers. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I, I do like they, they, they're having this tournament because it provides some much-needed focus for the women's division because, you know, up until maybe the last couple months, so much of the creative seemed really unfocused. Um, but now there is focus, and uh, they're given – uh, the incredibly talented women on their roster, an opportunity to showcase what they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, if well, the matches we've seen so far, everybody's hit it out of the park. And mm-hmm. I expect that will probably, will likely be the case going forward. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing who's in the finals, what that match is, uh, what happens at Revolution, um, and who with the, with Sheeta defending her, her title. I think also Khan is a well known analytics guy. And mm-hmm. I mean, I guarantee he's breaking down all those quarter hours and, you know, putting and trying to arrange the shows the best way he knows how to get, you know, the most return on his investment. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we're well within our rights to complain about the women's division. It's, it's, you know, it's something that I hope they continually work on and, and try mm-hmm. to, I mean, when, mm-hmm. you know, impact has two hours a week as well, and they do a stellar job with their women's division. They don't have nearly the stacked, men's singles uh, roster that AEW has. So I get that they, you know, amplify their women's division, but, uh, but yeah, I do think that it's, it's, it's an issue and they do need to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they take the momentum that I hope they get at with this tournament and follow through and do something with it. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be good. Be nice. Uh, Fear and Lothan wants to know who's the Cameron Grimes of AEW. Like last year, I would have said it was somebody like Orange Cassidy who stands out in such a unique way and is so different from everybody else. But he's really kind of cooled off. Um, Right now, uh, I mean, who shows up and you're just like, oh, man, I got to watch this. I mean, match wise, it's 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 Phoenix, but like, I'm trying to think character wise, personality wise. You're thinking personality, character wise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's probably MJF. Probably Kit. Oh, I was gonna say it's probably Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. I was. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Also, uh, Sin kills with the sub. Thank you very much. So we can run him. I'm the only one who thinks Luchasaurus's mask looks awful. I was hoping he'd return with no mask or at least an actual wrestling mask. Well, I mean, they had that big dramatic thing on the Tron where his mask was lit and his silhouette was there. I was like, holy crap. They're going to do like a face reveal too. Yeah. And then yeah. he just had another mask. Yeah. No, not even a different mask. Just the same one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Lipkin, do we think John Silver has potential to be AEW world champion someday? Who? Silver. John Silver. No. I think he's terrific. I think he's great. But he sort of fills a particular niche. Uh, he could be a big card champion, I think, though. Yeah, Sorry, he, 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 could be, he could be a TNT champion, sure. Mm-hmm. World champion, no. That's rarefied, rarefied air. Um. 
glorious Steve Klein, do you see uh, Jeff Hardy making the jump to AEW after WWE? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he had he had the opportunity to, mm-hmm. and he opted to sign with WWE. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, seemingly, no, but I don't know what his priorities are. Yeah. Uh, White Brownie, what's the best way AEW uh, can do to introduce casual fans to New Japan talent? The showcase uh, what they can do in the ring. Have, uh, have incredible matches between AEW talent and, and New Japan talent. Try to get some footage so you can introduce them with like video packages and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll answer some more questions on the Twitch in just a moment, but that's going to do it for the podcast for today. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson.